Welcome back to Taxes Made Simple. I'm your host, Carlton Dennis, and I would also like to welcome my viewers back to my three-part series on how the wealth avoid taxes legally. If you haven't already, please make sure that you watched part two in part one before watching part three of this video, or you might be jumping around and getting a little bit lost, and no one wants to get lost when we're trying to reduce taxes legally. Let's dive into how the wealthy are able to stay ahead of us every single year in avoiding taxes and what they're doing that we can actively copy so we can start reducing our tax bill legally just like them. Let's dive in. Now, the wealthy are doing things that everyday taxpayers aren't doing. And one of the biggest components to becoming wealthy is planning to become wealthy. You see guys, there's no shortcut to getting to a place of having thousands of rental properties or a profitable business. But there is a way in which you can get there a little bit faster and that's by leveraging the tax codes. One of the ways in which you can leverage the tax codes is by meeting with an accountant who is doing strategic tax planning. But the real problem comes in is when taxpayers assume that they're doing tax planning. So we have to break down this situation. When you go into your taxpayer's office, typically it's during these four months. January, which is the start of the year, February when you're receiving your W-2s, your mortgage interest statements, your profit and loss statements, your 1099s, everything comes in in February. March, when you're starting to scramble at your kitchen counter table, getting all your documents and emailing them over to your account, your tax accountant. And then February, the actual date that you find out what you're gonna owe and how much you're gonna receive back in a refund and you file the tax return. These months, January through April, are the months where the wealthy have avoided being in the office with their tax accountants. Here's the reason why. You might think it's pretty weird. How did the wealthy get to skip tax season? They're not skipping tax season. They're choosing to meet with their tax preparers and their tax strategists way ahead of time. I know, it's weird, right? You're filing your tax returns in the months of January through February like you're supposed to, but why would taxpayers who are wealthy, who have businesses, who have investment properties, why would they choose to go into their tax accountants, their tax strategists, or their CPA's office in the months of July, August, October, November, and December? Well, if you're someone like me, someone who owns a business, someone who is aspiring to become extremely ultra wealthy, then you're probably making financial decisions every single day. Gosh, I was trying to decide whether or not I wanted to buy a new Tesla just the yes yesterday. That is a $7,500 tax credit just by me thinking about buying that car. And if I move forward with purchasing it, I could end up getting more tax savings. You see, taxpayers all the time are making financial decisions without thinking about how it impacts their taxes. And the wealthy choose to always include a tax strategist as a part of how they wish to build wealth. Because there's one thing that the wealthy do know. The wealthy know that they're very good at what they're good at, and then they become very good at outsourcing. But one of the things that they also do is they take it upon themselves to audit their professionals who they've outsourced information to. If I've outsourced stuff to my attorney, if our outs or if I've outsourced stuff to my CPA, which means he's the one who's filing my return, or he's the one who's doing my tax planning, I am going to check in on that person to see his level of credibility, how many clients he's worked with, his level of being able to work with high income earners, and hopefully he's working with people who I aspire to eventually become. 
Because if I'm working with savvy tax strategists and savvy tax accountants, that information that they have is gonna be further and far more extended than the information of an H&R Block or a TurboTax tax accountant who's only dealing with your everyday W-2 taxpayer who's only making $60,000 to $100,000 a year. You guys, you have to realize something. If you are trying to get into bigger shoes, you need to go work with the people who already know how the shoes feel. And that's super important because what we need to understand is that information is out there. It's just up to us to figure out who has the information. Grant Cardone said a really cool, uh, funny slogan when I was learning about sales. If you guys go back and look at some of the videos, you'll learn. I was actually a salesperson before I ever went into tax strategy. I uh, worked for this company called Gala Wine Company. I was selling wines and spirits. But Grant's book, in his book, he said, Every day I wake up and I said, who has my money, right? Guys, my real estate investors, my business owners who get on the phone with me, they wake up asking themselves, who has the information I need? That's the difference. And then they go out and seek it. That's how they find these YouTube videos. That's how they end up getting on consultations with people like me. And that's how they end up are being able to be in positions where you see they, they have their children on payroll, taking write-offs for their kids, and uh, the fact that they're able to write off Teslas, or the fact that Grant Cardone was able to write off the jet. They're partnering with tax strategists that are going to allow for them to leverage their lifestyle within the tax code. But in the end, it is always gonna be up to the taxpayer to make sure that they're in the right shoes. Those shoes we talked about in section one of this three-part series. Choosing what type of income class you wish to be in really determines the level of write-offs that you wish to take. Now, there are six steps to becoming more proactive in leveraging the tax code. And it starts with understanding the six steps of strategic tax planning. So I want you to understand, how does a tax plan work? If I'm someone who wants to reduce my tax bill and I want to plan for reducing my taxes, what things do I need to say? What does it need to feel and look like with my tax accountant? And what type of questions should he be asking me? Let's discuss. Step number one to being proactive in tax planning is you have to get organized. I get on the phone sometimes with taxpayers that will say, hey Carlton, I want you to review my taxes and figure out what things I'm not doing. I, I watched your videos. I see that there's so many different things that, that I can do. And you know, my CPA, he just seems so basic. He just takes my tax returns and files it. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. And I asked him, hey, can you send me over an up-to-date profit and loss statement? It's July. Can I get the one from last month? They're like, ah, I don't have any of my books yet. And I say, why not? And then they tell me, oh, Carlton, I, I haven't been taught how to set up my bookkeeping and accounting. I typically do it at the end of the year. Well, as a tax strategist, if I'm supposed to support you on helping you reduce your tax bill ahead of time, aren't we already being reactive if you don't have your bookkeeping in order? You see, I like to make decisions in, in, in real time right? Wouldn't you like to make a decision in real time when there's something that you need to decide on, such as refinancing your home or being able to know whether or not it makes sense to lease the car, buy the car, put it in the business name, put it in your personal name. Wouldn't you like to know that answer right then and there that day? It's easy, so easy to be able to calculate your tax savings and what strategies make sense for you to leverage if the information is provided. And that is where we start. We start on getting organized. Getting organized means you having your bookkeeping in order, you not having muddled receipts or outdated shoe boxes, you not having a whole Ziploc bag of receipts that you have to go through at the end of the year. 
This is you having a system that is automated. Every time transactions are occurring in your business or there's expenses going out, something, a program is collecting all of this information, tracking all of this data or someone and is providing you a statement showing your profit and your loss for the year. So that way when I grab that or whoever you choose to become your tax strategist has access to that information, they now know exactly where you stand, just like how your doctor knows where you stand after they've taken your height, your weight, and your blood pressure. So the very first step is getting organized. Step number two in strategic tax planning, we have to review the past. You guys, there's so many times where clients will come to me and they say, Carlton, I need to reduce my tax bill this year. We're making a killing. I'm about to expect 700 grand in RSUs from Google, from Microsoft, from Tesla. Carlton, I just closed on this investment property. Our business just received a contract. I just started this truck driving business. I have clients all the time that are just, just, just. You guys, <clears throat> I would not be a good tax strategist if I didn't take a look underneath the hood. And there are so many accountants that will hear certain things on the phone and say, oh, you should set up an LLC. You should set up a, a charitable remainder trust. You know what? You need a universal life insurance policy and let's do infinite banking. There are so many people that as soon as they, so many professionals that as soon as they hear information, they start working their own agenda. What can I sell this person on right now that's going to benefit me and put them into a situation where they're making payments? Guys, we have to be very conscientious of types of information that we're sharing with professionals and the direction professionals wish to go in. And one of the ways that you can tell if you're working with a really good tax professional is if they ask you for your previous three years of tax returns. You see, the government allows for you to amend tax returns up to three years, which means that you can refile your returns that you've already filed. As a tax strategist, I look at this as an opportunity. I'm gonna go through those returns, see what areas of opportunity you might have missed by not leveraging the tax code, and then we could see if any benefits outweigh the cost of us refiling the tax return before we get to a place where we're talking about all the exciting things that are going on in your business. You see, when you go into a doctor's office, it's really rare that a doctor just prescribes you medicine from the moment you walk in, right? Someone wants to sit you down and take your height, your weight, your blood pressure, make sure that they put that swab inside of your tongue to see the little back of the little thing that's dangling, and then they also take your temperature every time. And that's because the doctors do their due diligence because they never wanna prescribe you something that you might be allergic to or ever put you in a harmful position. Your tax strategist needs to take the same approach. How can a tax strategist tell you what to do right now if they haven't taken into consideration what has happened in the past? That is scary, and you don't want to ever be misdiagnosed when it comes to your finances. So reviewing your past not only is enlightening and gives us access to information as tax accountants, it's a way for us to make sure that we don't do anything that might put you in a compromising position in the future based on what's happened in the past. Taking time to do the due diligence will always pay off. Now, number three. After we have reviewed your past, the very next thing that we need to do is assess your current situation. We're not gonna spend forever looking at past tax returns because it's the past, so we need to assess your current situation. Now, the, in order for us to be in a place we can actually assess where you currently are, one thing needs to happen. You needed to execute at step number one. You needed to get organized. Your income and your expenses need to be caught up as today. It's important for you to be able to do tax planning because the tax strategist needs your information to do tax projections. In order for us to know where you currently stand, 
we need to be able to quantify out with the remaining five, six, eight, ten 10 months you have left in the year, what are you expected to owe versus what are you expected to receive back in a refund? I wanna know, your tax liability will always be the number that I wanna have an impact on. But if I can't calculate your tax liability because you're not organized and you haven't filed your previously filed returns and you're not giving your CPA or your tax strategist access to the past returns, now we're in a place where we can't understand the direction that you're going in. And that's not gonna serve you and it's not gonna serve the person who's willing to help you um, reduce your tax liability. Now, the wealthy guys, of course, they're paying for bookkeepers. They have their information caught up. We understand that. But I'm talking to the everyday taxpayer who has control of their finances. If you want to get into a place where you can say, I'm doing all of the best practices inside of my business, I'm doing all the things I should be doing as a taxpayer to help reduce my tax bill, then these steps will become monumental for you. The simple steps of getting organized, reviewing your past tax returns, and looking at your current situation sometimes ends up paying off dividends for the rest of your life. And it's important that we understand that. Okay, so once we get past your current situation, now and only now can we jump to number four, where we understand your vision. Okay, you might think I might be at a place where I can start implementing strategies, right? I got you organized, I have your access to your previous file tax returns, I even did a tax projection for you for this year, so I already know what you're gonna owe versus receive back in a refund. But I can't implement strategies yet. And the reason why I can't implement strategies yet is because I don't know what your vision is yet. And maybe you've never shared your vision with your tax strategist. Maybe you've never had a conversation with your tax accountant around your parents getting older or the fact that they might have to move in soon, or the fact that you might have student loan debt that really keeps you up at night, or the fact that you're so intent on wanting to get a refinance on your home, or the fact that you're up at night worrying about how you're gonna build the college savings fund for your children, or whether or not a 529 plan is best for you. These types of conversations, you may not be having these conversations in January, February, March, and April when you're filing your tax return. And so when you're having a tax strategy appointment, it's so important that your tax strategist understands not only your vision, but they're taking the time to ask you all of your personal goals. Your personal goals are so important to you because your business is completely separate from you and so are your assets. So if we only focused on this S Corp or the C Corp or this LLC you started or this investment property in Georgia, does it make sense for us to really say that we're your tax strategist if we really didn't ask you all the things that you cared about? That is the difference right here. Because you have personal goals which really impacts the lifestyle you wish to live and your personal goals are gonna have an impact on your business lifestyle. And this is important because I have some business owners that are Uber drivers, I have some business owners that are truck drivers and have drivers that drive underneath them, I have some business owners who are wholesalers, real estate agents, Amazon, FBA, drop shippers, and understanding personally how they wish to live their life allows me to make recommendations inside of their business on what strategies they need to take into consideration. Guys, there are different types of business owners. There's some business owners who never leave their house, but then they tell me, Carlton, I want to write off a Ferrari for my business, even though my business is day trading and I'm behind a computer. I need to be able to understand your vision right now. As a tax strategist, it's not my goal to tell you how you can't. As a tax strategist, it's my goal to show you how you can. And I wanna show you in a way in which you are doing it within legal limit and in integrity with the law. So that way we're never in fear of Uncle Sam and the IRS knocking on our door ever. Now, after we've gone over personal goals, business goals, the next thing I wanna know is your real estate goals. 
your real estate goals are important to me because I'm a real estate tax strategist and I work with a lot of business owners who are making six figures, seven figures, and they all tell me the same thing. Carlton, I am tired of spending more money on products inside of my company. I'm tired of ordering stuff a year in advance just to reduce my tax bill. Is there anything I can do, Carlton? And then we talk through the whole retirement. Hey, have you set up this? Have you contributed to this? Okay, you can do a 179 vehicle deduction. But all these things right here, guys, all of these things that I just mentioned, the 179 vehicle deduction where we write off a vehicle all in one year, you have to spend money to buy the vehicle, right? Right? If you are spending more money on supplies this year so you can avoid taxes when you file your tax returns next year, you had to spend the money, right, on supplies to reduce your tax bill. If you're putting money into a 401k, self-directed 401k set plan or any type of defined benefit plan, the goal is for you not to touch that money until you're 59 and a half, right? So how can we have access to money right now without having to pay high tax bills? This is where we invite in your real estate goals. Now, not every single person that I talk to owns real estate. Not every single person that I talk to wants to become a landlord. That is fine. It doesn't mean that I shouldn't educate you on how real estate could eventually help you reduce your business income and give you a part of that lifestyle that you desire that you told me that was a part of your personal goals. So we have that conversation. Guys, last but not least, as you probably are already thinking, where is retirement at? Retirement revolves around what you're sitting on, right? You may be a W-2 employee who has a 401k or you may uh, be working for the city or you have a pension plan, but then you may have a spouse who started this new business and she may have never set up a retirement plan or the husband who started the business and he may have never set up a retirement plan. And you guys are now going through this process of wanting to become savvier taxpayers. You understand that you can leverage retirement accounts, but understanding how much money you're sitting on in retirement allows me to understand whether or not it makes sense for you to go aggressive in funding your retirement accounts or if you need more cash flow for your business to continue to grow your business. Guys, it's a balancing act, right, that we play as business owners, right? We wanna be able to grow retirement money for ourselves, but we also wanna reinvest back into our business. Both are important. How you go about doing it is even more important. And those are things that you should be planning out not come April 15th. Those are things that you probably would wanna plan out in the year that you're making the money and making financial decisions. So. We've talked about personal business, real estate, and retirement goals as being a part of your of your vision. Your investment goals are a part of this as well. If you're someone who's in investment, stock market, cryptocurrency, it's all a part of how you wish to, re to plan for your retirement. But uh, directly after your vision has been captured, directly after your tax returns over the past have re been reviewed, directly after someone has given you a snapshot into the future what your estimated liability could look like, now we're in a place, now we're in a place where we can jump to number five, which is implement the right, I'm gonna put right in caps, strategy. The reason why I put right in caps is because no two taxpayers will share the same tax plan. Here's the reason why. Every taxpayer has a different demographic and a different situation. You may have a child, your neighbor may not have a child. You may be the only person in your business. Your neighbor may be a business with his wife in the business. You may be a taxpayer who has a mother or father that's getting old and that's elderly that's living with you. Or you may be a taxpayer that's living in a state with no income tax. Every single taxpayer has a different situation, which means every single taxpayer is going to have a different chart broken down for them, showing them how each of their strategies impacts their adjusted gross income, how each of their strategies impacts their 
taxable income. And guys, how each of your strategies needs to have a date. Because at the end of the day, if you're working with someone who is helping you plan for your savings, then it should come with a date stamped on there of when you should be implementing the strategies. I have clients sometimes they'll get on the phone with me, Carlton, I'm so stressed. I just became an S Corp. I watched your video. You said S Corps have to take payroll. I haven't done that yet. And then they find out after you know taking a deep breath with me, they, they don't have to run payroll until the end of the year sometimes, right? So I want you to be in a place where you know when it makes sense to pull the trigger on certain strategies, but not be in a place where I'm just telling you and telling you and telling you. How about being in a place where I teach you? So that way you know every single year moving forward exactly when you're supposed to be doing things inside of your organization to drop your bottom line down to reduce your tax bill with an integrity with the law. Now, tax planning is extremely fun, but it's it does not end after the strategies get implemented because guys, we're just a moment in time. You're just watching this video at a moment in time. You may watch, you may turn off this video and immediately make a financial decision right after watching this video, such as clicking on the link below and joining one of my programs. But if you are watching this video, you can choose to make a financial decision directly after this video, which means taxpayers who come to me, who put together a tax plan with my company can choose to make financial decisions directly after we put together the tax plan. This is why we have step number six in place. We need to continue the conversation. I hear this all the time from taxpayers. Carlton, every time I reach out to my CPA, it just seems like he doesn't want to talk to me. He's so unresponsive. I send him an email asking him a plethora of questions and it's just like he doesn't want to answer that. I don't know, am I supposed to pay him separately for that? Guys, <laughs> you might be paying your CPA for one thing, which could be tax preparation. Maybe he does a little bit of extra massaging in those appointments with you or he'll ask some extra questions to make you feel good, right? And then you can hit him up with for those little one or two quick pointer questions. But anytime you're writing him a paragraph of some deep things that you know you need to get addressed or you see something online and you're wondering how it impacts you and you shoot over an email to him, why does it feel like you can't get a response? Why does it feel like you get one word answers or you know what, it, it's not gonna work for you, you shouldn't do it. Or they shoot down your ideas without showing you on the graph how each idea impacts your adjusted gross income, your taxable income, the date you can think about implementing the strategy. Guys, I don't know about you, but I was born in a way where I was told, hey Carlton, if you want something in life, you have to go out and get it. And that stands the same for your tax savings. If you want better tax savings, you have to go out and get it. You have to go seek professionals. You have to sometimes upgrade your CPAs. You might sometimes outgrow your CPAs and that's okay. But what is not okay is choosing to remain stagnant because no one puts you on this earth to be mediocre. And I don't care who you believe in or what higher source you believe in, you were never meant to be a mediocre taxpayer. Welcome to Taxes Made Simple, my segment where I coach and educate people on real estate and business tax deductions that helps put them in a better financial position so they can create generational wealth not only for themselves but for many generations after them. I look forward to seeing you guys in every single video and if you like this one, please feel free to like, comment, and subscribe so I can catch up with you on the next one. Cheers.